Gina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. First of all, uh, my name is Simon Aaron. Hi, Simon. So you were uh, camping out here in front of Diane Diane Feinstein's office last night, yeah. and an aide came down from uh, from the office to talk with you. What did the aide have to say? Um, well, the aide just um, talked about um, this other, the other bills that Feinstein was sponsoring and wanted to know more about what we were doing here. Um, but honestly, like. It doesn't really matter like that. We, we don't really care about talking to the aide. We want to talk to Feinstein herself. And we told them, we told the aide that we, um, that unless Feinstein starts fighting for us and co-sponsors Edmark and AOC CCC or flies down here herself and tells us why not, that we're going to keep fighting and we're going to keep rallying. And that's what I told them. And I don't know if they were happy, but yeah. Did the aide seem to be listening to what you had to say, or did she seem to be more dismissive? Um, they seemed, uh, they seemed like they were trying to listen, but honestly, it's, um, yeah, I, they, they didn't seem like they cared a lot, but it's hard to judge. I think they were trying to do their job. Right. Um, That's fair. Uh, yeah. And you live here locally? Yeah. And you're 15, I think I'm you 15. mentioned earlier? Yeah. So how did you get involved with the Sunrise Movement? Yeah, um, I got involved about maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I was really scared about what was happening and I was scared for my future and I wanted to do something. And so I filled out some forums I found online and someone called me um, and like got me involved and they told me that there was this youth hub starting and I was super excited about that. And I just sort of jumped into organizing this, um, the first action we ever had targeting Feinstein actually. Um, and it was uh, like this virtual action calling into her office and it was really powerful and it, like it showed me um, like what organizing could be and after that I was just so excited to keep going. Did, and you were affected by the Getty Center fire that we had a couple years ago? Was yeah. your house close to that? Yeah, my house um, was close and we were in the evacuation zone and we had to leave and we, wouldn't know, we didn't know if our house would be okay. Um, and it ended up being okay but a lot of houses weren't, and yeah. a lot of houses, especially up in Northern California, aren't. And these uh, wildfires that we have that are increasing with intensity are, are absolutely clearly driven by climate change. I don't think that that's a controversial statement at right. this point. Yet here we have Senator Feinstein sort of dragging her feet on yeah. supporting any sort of real climate change in the state. Yeah. This, we've seen this time and time again. Yeah. So do you think there'll be a different outcome this time? I don't know, but this is our one shot. This is our one shot as a generation. This infrastructure package, this month, this moment, we've done everything we can. We've worked our asses off. We've made millions of calls and made thousands, sent thousands of postcards to get Democrats um, elected in the House and a majority in the Senate and Biden in the presidency. And this is the, our one moment. And so if we can't do it now, then I'm screwed and my generation is screwed. And so. I don't know whether Feinstein will act or not, but I know that this is our one shot. This week, youth activists from the Sunrise Movement have been camping out in front of Senator Dianne Feinstein's office in Los Angeles. 
They want to pressure her to support Senator Markey and Rep. Ocasio-Cortez's bill that would introduce a civilian climate corps for jobs. Amir, tell us why you came down to Dianne Feinstein's office today to camp out in front to protest and what this has to do with the uh, current bill that is going through the Senate. So right now, um, Democrats are trying to pass a bipartisan bill by working with Republicans insurrectionists on a bill that is not going to do shit. Can I curse? Yeah. Okay, that is curse. not going to do shit for our climate. It's, it's just, if anything, it'll make it worse. So that is why we are fighting for a fully funded civilian climate for $132 billion freaking dollars. It's um, AOC and um, Ed Markey's proposal. Civilian climate corps for jo good jobs and climate justice. And um, we're fighting for that in the reconciliation bill. It sounds like it just got into the reconciliation bill, $132 billion, that's huge. And um, we need this because it is going to deliver so, so many good jobs, 1.5 million good job, good paying jobs with healthcare to people across the country. Many of them will go to California and California desperately needs that, especially coming back from a pandemic. And you know, even focusing on the climate side of it, um, this, we, we need to build back our infrastructure. We need to start um, switching over to clean energy. And these jobs are gonna help us do that. These jobs are help, gonna help us fight climate change. And um, the reason I'm out here today is because um, I spent the night here, camped out in front of um, Feinstein's office. And um, I was here yesterday for the rally and I was just really inspired because um, I hear it from some people. We have people from like Orange County. We have people from Santa Barbara. Like this office serves those counties too. And um, yeah, Senator Feinstein has been silent. Like half an hour before um, the rally yesterday, she tweeted that she was in support of the Civilian Climate Corps. But we want the we want the AOC Civilian Climate Corps. We don't need Joe Biden's. Joe Biden's is ten billion dollars. It's not going to do anything for us. So we need the fully funded one in this reconciliation package and we need her to fight for it. Alex Padilla, the other senator serving California that was recently appointed, he signed on to it. So we need her to fight for us too because she has been in this freaking office for 29 years and she hasn't done shit for us. Like she brags about this, um, she brags about like how well, she's fought climate change, but like if you look on her website, she's done what? She's helped preserve a few lands, a few forests, a few wetlands. Like it's not gonna matter if wildfires are gonna burn those down anyway. And she goes about that. <laughs> she goes about, you know, fighting for offshore drilling, but she takes money from oil and gas companies. So who is she really fighting for? Because California, we are already feeling the effects of climate change. Experts are saying that, you know, droughts are gonna hit us so hard this year. And, you know, um, there are cities in my community that get their um, that get their electricity shut off because our dams can't produce enough electricity for everyone. Or um, when there's not enough water, they tell us to conserve water, and they tell us to, um, or they even shut off our water sometimes for like a day or two. And we have cities out there um, in, a, in other parts of California where they have water trucks coming in to deliver water that they have to ration because they don't have running water. Like this is California, like. We are what? Like Gavin Newsom likes to brag about us being eighth in the economy. Don't even get me started on him because he's terrible too. But um, 
Diane needs to either fight for us or she needs to get the hell out of office. Because come 2024, if she isn't fighting for us now, we are going to be fighting against her then. And we will make sure that she doesn't serve another term. Which also, she's 88 years old. By the end of her term, she'll be 90. She's, she's already filed to run. And if she does, she'll serve until she's, what, 96? Like, like, no. That's not the representation we need. We're out here trying to fight for a fully funded civilian concord while she's out there fighting or struggling to sell a $40 million mansion. Like, priorities. Right. So, uh, one of Diane Feinstein's aides came down here this morning to speak with you guys after you woke up, had been, you'd been camping out. What did the aide have to say? Did she bring any word from uh, Senator Feinstein or did she just speak on, on her behalf, the aide's behalf? Um, I am not actually one of the people who spoke to them. Oh, okay. Nick and Simon. But from what I could understand, he, he basically didn't give us anything, anything legible. He just said that um, he would pass on our message to her. The youth activists were joined by others throughout the day. At one point, we saw Claire Sandberg from the Bernie Sanders campaign, joined by Winnie Wong, the founder of People for Bernie, and Joe Sandberg, who is an environmentalist and writer, and they brought down pizza for the youths and encouraged them to keep doing what they were doing. Senator Feinstein, that we're going to stay here until she respects yeah. our demands. So, yeah. A round of applause for them. I love it. Thank y'all for showing up. Really, just like big appreciation, big props to everybody who helped make this happen. Um, we're going to be here another night, too. So, yeah. um, until yeah. she learns what it is that she has to do. So, okay. yeah, um, props to everybody. Thank you for And appreciation everybody so who brought this awesome ass pizza. Yeah. 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 So without further, wait, Chrissy, you want to say anything? Thank you. I'm Joe Sandberg and just want to say thank you. You're fighting for my future as well as your own. Unfortunately, my parents let us all down. So it's going to come down to millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, and Gen Z. Yeah. Take care of business and we're going to and we're going to use all peaceful means necessary i think that's the thing that really inspires me about what you're doing is you understand that politics as usual isn't going to be good enough yeah. that we yeah. literally have to yeah. lay our bodies down on the line because it's actually our lives that are at stake and so my hope is that you're going to inspire millions of other people to do the same there's no way we're going to win a green new deal and defeat the climate crisis if we aren't willing to put our bodies on the line like you're doing. Yeah. So you are an inspiration to so many people, and I'll keep bringing you food as often as you're here. Requests, <laughs> bagels, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> just thank you so much, and it, it's okay. I'd love to know everyone's name, where yeah. you're all from. I heard there's some folks maybe from Orange County. Is that true? False? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually grew up in Orange County. Yeah. But yeah, tell, I, so I'm Joe Sandberg. I grew up in Orange. I live in L.A. now. I'm Dylan Foster. I grew up in Santa Clarita. I still live in Santa Clarita. Okay. Awesome. And how old are you? I'm 23. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Hi, uh, I'm Julia. I'm from Santa Barbara. I'm 24. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Reese, 20, from Downey, but also from LA and from uh, Santa Ana. Okay. So, yeah. Simon, from here in LA, just a few miles away. Okay. Age. Oh, <laughs> 15. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Did you say your age? Yeah, 20. All right, cool. Yeah, um, just make it short. Just make it short. Yeah. And then we got the, the geriatrics here who are feeding <laughs> The day culminated with an evening rally that includes speakers from Jet Propulsion Labs and also some uh, candidates that are running for office locally. 
Then they had a live band play and they camped out again for a second night. We are getting ready to truly, truly, truly start this action. Woo! Come on, everybody, just gather around. Woo! If you're here, come close. I want to see your faces, your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful faces. Hey, Sean. Hey. <laughs> Sean is a member of the LA Hub. Thank you, everybody, for showing up today. Now, we've been here for more than 24 hours by this point. <laughs> My voice is very nearly dead, but that's all right, because the mood of what is happening today is going to be little different than yesterday's action, all right? I am so happy to see all of y'all out here again. It has been quite a ride. From Senator Feinstein thinking she can co-opt this action by saying, I support a civilian climate corps, without stating very specifically the demands that we want, and then sending down one of her staffers to make us believe that she's actually listening. When that staffer really did, when what that staffer really did was come down here and insult the integrity of this movement. Now, it's all right. We already know what we're here to fight for. We got three demands. The first one, no climate, no deal. Say it, everybody. No climate, no deal. One more time, no climate, no deal. Senator Feinstein, you can't compromise with a bunch of Republican insurrectionists and think that you can get away with an infrastructure package that doesn't have climate at the forefront. The second demand, meet with your constituents. Say it with me, meet with your constituents. We are the future. Some of us are voters right now, and some of us will be voters by 2024. So understand, Diane Feinstein, your time is running up. You don't have that much time left to convince us that you should be in that office for very much longer. So what you must do is meet with the people who either elected you or will go on to vote in the next election because regardless, you still represent us in a state of 40 million people. And finally, the third demand, which is to support and co-sign a fully funded civilian climate corps in the model of Ed Markey and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. $132 billion and I want every penny. We have three demands. I just told you what they are. And we're going to continue to be out here until Feinstein responds. This is just a warning shot, by the way, because we will escalate. Now, I'm glad again to see so many people out here today. This action is going to be amazing. We got an amazing band who will be playing some great music for us. We've got some great speakers, including candidates or people who are very powerful in the climate movement. I will be introducing one of them quite soon. We also have our amazing support, all the people behind the cameras and those of us who are live tweeting. I want to give a shout out to each and every one of them who have helped make this action possible today. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. And then um, the last thing I want to do is say that we are going to continue to be out here. We'll be sleeping out here for another night. Um, as the program goes on, there will be a couple of things that we'll have to, that we'll ask you to do. Um, I just want to flag this right now. If you have not signed the media release waiver, please do so now. Um, you can go over here to find a little more information about that, but please do so because we do not want to have to blot out your beautiful faces. All right, without further ado, 
it is my distinct honor and pleasure to introduce one of the most amazing climate activists I have ever met. They spoke at climate strikes from 2018 and far beyond, and they have been in this fight for quite a minute. The first time I met them was actually at a Fire Drill Friday, you know, the ones that Jane Fonda has been doing way, way back before COVID started. And um, I was just honored and in awe to be in their presence. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome up to the mic, Kevin J. Patel, who will be speaking on what we are doing here today. Come on now. Can you guys hear me? First of all, I just want to commend everyone that stayed over 24 hours today and well, for tomorrow as well. I just, you know, that is amazing. Um, do apologize, I haven't slept for 24 hours either. Uh, you know, this movement never sleeps, right? But I just want to say, Senator Dianne Feinstein has failed us as young people, as, as people of California, right? She does not support a bold climate plan. We need a bold climate plan for not only California, but for this nation. Her inaction is injustice. Yeah. You know, we will all remember her broken promises. But she needs to take responsibility for the message she has made. So she needs to start accepting no climate, no deal, right? Yeah. All, our all of our demands, because we need bold climate solutions. Not only here in California, but in Washington, D.C., yeah. all over our nation. And she can't, ex she can't keep expecting us kids to clean up her messes, right? Yes. right. I will say one last thing. Taxpayer dollars should fund a livable future. Yeah. Not, a, not climate change, nor climate or environmental destruction. So I would just want to, again, take this time to say pass a bold civilian climate court. No climate, no deal. Thank you so much, Kevin. That was amazing. You really spoke to the reason as to why Diane Feinstein's time is really coming up. Hello? Hello. Alright, before we continue with the program, we're gonna make <laughs> All right, thank you everybody for that quick adjustment. Next up, we will be doing a chant, so I will be passing the mic back to our amazing chant lead, Reese. Love a CCC, okay? 
for the air we breathe, for the water we drink, for the people we love at CCC, for the air we breathe, for the water we drink, for the people we love at CCC, for the air we breathe, for the water we drink, for the people we love at CCC, air we breathe, for the water we drink, for the people we love at CCC, for the air we breathe, for the water we drink, for the people we love at CCC, air we drink, for the water we drink, for the people we Civilian Climate Corps. What we want? 
A CCC. What do we want? A CCC. What do we want? A CCC. And when do we want it? Now. Now. There are some voices out there from Fox News. And elsewhere who say that demanding a CCC is far left. It's too much to ask for. It's radical. But you see, here's a real news flash. The CCC is not a new idea. We've done it before. In the 1930s, President Roosevelt introduced the first CCC, the Conservation, the Civilian Conservation Corps. The 21st century CCC, the Civilian Climate Corps, would invest in our communities. Would invest in our communities, especially the frontline communities who for too long have been neglected, like the ones where I come from. You see, in my district, we have families living poor and impacted by heavy pollution from oil wells and warehouses, from freeways crisscrossing their neighborhoods. We got folks who have to travel outside their neighborhoods, their cities, to go to more affluent places in order to access healthy, high quality What I think is really radical is the fact that we got families living right next door to an oil well. And we got people who live in food deserts that as billionaires are making record profits and are running away to space. And we got millions of Americans who are still living in poverty are still without a job. In the richest country in the history of the world, no person should be without a job. With all the resources that our country has, everyone should be able to access healthy, high quality food. In the moral uh, society, everyone, regardless of where you come from, where people you come from, should be able to enjoy clean air, to drink clean water, and to access healthy, high quality food. A civilian climate corps provide jobs for those who are jobless, who provide health care for those without, and funding for education and good paying union jobs. This is not just a job program, however, but a vision, a new way for our government to work with the people by investing in us, by impact, by uplifting and protecting our communities. Because you see, it's not enough to just say that climate change is real. We know it. We smell it with the burning fires in the air. We feel it on, with the scorching heat on our skins. What we demand is climate justice. Climate justice is racial justice. Climate justice is labor justice is economic justice. Senator Feinstein, you are composed to represent all residents of this state. That includes frontline communities who have been neglected for far too long. Hear us, listen to your constituents, and fight like hell for a livable future. That's right. Commit to a bold climate action and support a bold, progressive climate uh, CCC like the one proposed by Senator Ed Markey and Congressman Ocasio-Cortez. What do we need? CCC. What do we need? CCC. And when do we want it? Now. Damn right. I told y'all he was great, didn't I? <laughs> That's somebody we need in city council. So after that, we're gonna do another chance. So song. So we're gonna welcome up again another warm round of applause for our amazing chant chant and song lead, Reese. Woo!
gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. We gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. When the people rise up, the power come down. When the people rise up, the powers come down. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. We gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. We gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. When the people rise up, the powers come down. When the people rise up, the powers come down. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. Yes, for the All right, all right, all right. That was a good song. Thank you for that, Reese. All right, so we're going to have two speakers come up this time, not at the same time. So first, I'm going to introduce our amazing next speaker. This speaker had actually spoken at one of our actions when Vice President Harris was still Senator Harris. And at this action, you know, she really showed up. You might think that this is... Uh, a small voice contained in a small body, but what we really have is a powerful voice leading the way for a future generation. And so it is my pleasure to introduce Marie, who will be speaking on this and why we're here. Come on up, Marie. Come on, baby. Hands. 
Every summer, electric fire engine red flames and alarm before the help comes. Now Portland, the whole Northwest, unusually hot, where rain should come before the flames, rather than consistency, it changes. But where does this come as a surprise for last year? From full prints and skies, truth to muffle all your lies and hope. Your action lapping at the bay and the cool breeze, the tan sun. Oh, an interesting choice for all those very, very disturbed. Flowery, pretty words sung as birds are not enough. Hope only comes from the ability to act, to leave a path out of ashes, so we can trust in you as we do in us. Muster the courage, sweep the dust of the past, the lingering filibuster. It is the hard route, the rough route, to give us an easier life, one of less stress, cons constant anxiety, a good life. It is only a start to part the seas, begin to take charge, watch the nature return, the flowers blooming in all their glory, a different story. How do you want to be remembered? For the fires in November? The war on nature you surrendered? I don't have a lot of hope. My hope comes from a vision, a dream blurred of the vision where justice feels as real as the grass on the ground want it as badly as I do? Or do you need to continue to dream, to see it, believe it, fight for it? Woo! I tell y'all about a small voice and a small body, but some powerful words. Let's give it up again for Marie. Woo! All right. So next up, well, actually, before we move to the next speaker, I want to highlight this. Now, we know that what we're doing in this fight is oftentimes going to be a difficult fight. And there are those who would try to distract us or try to make sure that we aren't focused on our goal, but we're grounded. Am I right? Yeah. We are grounded in our demands. We are grounded in targeting Senator Feinstein. We are grounded in the reason as to why we are here. So I do want to say to everybody, to those distractions, keep focused. Keep your eyes set on the mission. Ignore those who would come and attempt to make sure that this action isn't as powerful as it really truly is. People are gonna come and they will try to divide and make sure that the message isn't communicated. But we ain't gonna let that happen. So for any outside forces, I say to all of us on the inside, let's stay focused. Let's ignore whatever distractions there may be, and let's keep our eyes on the prize. All right. Now, I'm going to introduce our next speaker. I am so happy to introduce this next guest because we were worried we weren't going to get him, but we did. And he's about to speak to some powerful messaging. So without further ado, matter of fact, you know what? Just come on up so we can see and hear from you. Yeah, that's right. Come on now. All right, y'all. Well, it's um, it's a real honor to be here with you guys because you guys get it, and uh, that means a lot to me. It means the world to me, actually. Um, I'm a climate scientist at. Uh, 
the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I'm speaking on my own behalf. Got to say that. Um, wish I was speaking on the behalf of our government and everything, but unfortunately we're not quite there yet. My name is Peter, and um, you know, I don't, I didn't really prepare anything, you know, didn't write anything down, but I'm struck, you know, looking here at you guys and looking right beyond at all these cars, right, these cars burning gasoline, this um, gas station right across the street. And I guess what I wanted to say is um, mainly that reinforcements are coming. At least that's my view. People are starting to wake up. Um, I didn't think we, I, I didn't feel like we'd be where we are right now for at least another decade. Um, the heat storm that just happened in the Pacific Northwest uh, was a wake-up call for me and I know for a lot of my scientific colleagues too. Uh, we didn't think that was coming quite so fast. Um, you know, we're looking at a fire season right now where we're already twice the amount of acres burned so far this year, the first six months of the year, as we were last year. And last year was a crazy year for fire, as you remember, here in California. It just uh, almost killed me. I mean, I was just breathing smoke for more than a month. There was a fire a few miles from my house, and it was just, you know, it's one thing to, to think about stuff that's coming, and it's another thing to be living through it, right? So, um, so I say, uh, stay the course, I think reinforcements are coming. And meanwhile, keep pushing these old politicians that don't get it. They don't get it because they, they've lived their whole lives with these gas stations and these gas cars and burning fossil fuels and that feels normal to them. And they don't see it from the perspective of young people. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's not okay. That's a, um, that's a sort of intergenerational crime. That's a lack of empathy to not be able to see things from the point of view of young people today, even from the point of view of people who haven't been born yet, from the point of view of people in the global south who contributed the least to this. And I would say even from the point of view of non-humans who did nothing to deserve this. The coral reefs that are cooking, the forests that are burning up, um, all the animals that live in those places that have no place to go as this planet keeps heating up. So, you guys are the real deal. Um, I think we need more direct action. We need more numbers. We need those reinforcements. We need to recruit. We need to recruit our recruits. We need to make space for everybody in this movement. Young, old, black, white, red, whatever the color, whatever the background, we need to make space for everyone. Because we need, this is an everyone problem and we need numbers and we need everyone to wake up and come to this movement because everything's at stake. Um, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's almost hard for me to talk about this uh, because as a climate scientist, it's just so obvious what's at stake here. And it's, it's really frustrating to me that I have to like, explain it over and over to the public yeah. that, you know, if we don't do anything, if we don't end this fucking fossil fuel industry, we're going to lose everything, all right? So that's what's at stake. And, and look at these politicians. 
They don't do. They don't stand up to the fossil fuel industry. They're bought by these corporations, um, and they're working for them, and that's not acceptable. And I just don't. I don't know how these people, these executives, these lobbyists, and these politicians uh, look themselves in the mirror uh, each day and speak to their kids. I, I just I don't know what's going through their heads. So that's just my opinion. Um, but I think y'all are heroes. I think. Um, you know, direct action. I think uh, uh, Jessica Reznicek, she's a hero. Um, have you heard about her? She just was sentenced to eight years in prison uh, for uh, actions against the Dakota Access Pipeline. And uh, she's, she's also supposed to pay the fucking fossil fuel corporations $3.2 million for destruction of property. That's unbelievable. So she's basically been treated as a terrorist while these corporations are the real terrorists, they, they basically just keep raking in the profits, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say, but just keep going, please. Please keep doing what you're doing. You guys are, you guys are the planet protectors, and you are on the right side of history. Thank you. undersold himself just a little bit. He kept saying climate scientist, climate scientist. But we want to know a little bit about where you work. So do you think you could tell us a little bit about where you work? Yeah. All right, so again, speaking on my own behalf, uh, <laughs> the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, it is a pretty amazing place. Um, in my opinion, it's the premier center on our planet for creating instruments that go up on satellites and then take observations of the Earth system. So they're creating the climate record. They're, they're JPL and its satellites and the instruments that it puts on its satellites and the data that it collects and the science that it does. It's one of the main um, institutions that allows us to see how exactly, with precision, how the Earth system is changing. Right? So we can see what the effects of all of this fossil fuel and all this deforestation and all this animal agriculture, we can see the effects of the greenhouse gases going in the atmosphere and how they're changing the ice, how they're changing the sea level, how they're changing ecosystems, how they're changing fires, how they're changing temperatures and, and precipitation, right? We, we really need satellites to see all that because the Earth is a very big place. And wherever we look, there's basically not a corner, not a little bit on this planet that isn't being affected by global heating right now. And that's the thing that's really striking to me. And I say also just as a mammal living on this planet, that's one of the big lessons that I learned from, you know, all of these fires and the Pacific Northwest heat wave, uh, heat wave uh, which was, you know, very far north. So this isn't just a global south issue. This is an everyone issue. And there's there's no place to, there's no safe place anymore. There's no place to escape global heating and climate breakdown anymore. Um, and that's why we need to stand up against this deadly industry. It's time to end this. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious, right, to end the fossil fuel industry. And it just makes my head explode why it's, why the Democratic Party still subsidizes this industry. They still pay taxpayer money to this industry. I just, it defies any logic, it defies the science. Uh, it's insane, in my opinion. So, anyways, that is that good? That's that's good. good. Yeah. Listen, I told
told y'all he undersold himself a little bit, right? Okay. Because it is only because of some of the work that he's been doing and many of his colleagues have been doing that we have the science that justifies the reason why we're out here, right? We are living through a climate disaster. We know. But without that science to support and the evidence to demonstrate that this is a reality, we'd be lost somewhere up in the wind making claims about where our planet's burning and then everybody would be looking at us like, us, like we're crazy. We would not have the consensus that the climate crisis is real, that climate change is real, and we need to do something about it, and that would not exist without the support of amazing climate scientists like me. So thank you so much, and let's give another round of applause. All right, now I'm gonna go back to the same person we keep on going back to because they are just an amazing person at their job. Let us welcome back to the stage, Ray. like ExxonMobil, to prove to people like Senator Feinstein that this is a problem that we need to face, and yet they still do nothing. So this needs to be a people's movement. So we're going to sing, the people going to rise like the water, we're going to face with crisis down. I hear the voice of my great-granddaughters, see climate justice now.
that we weren't leaving unless she started fighting for us or unless she flew down here herself and told us why not. And, and after the rally was over around 4 p.m., I was a little worried because, you know, people were, people were leaving and I was worried that the few folks who signed up might not even come and I was worried that maybe this action wouldn't be so powerful. But instead, five more people than we expected came and slept last night. People who came to the rally and just decided because they saw our power and they saw our potential and they were so angry at Feinstein that they decided that they were gonna come with us and that was so powerful for me. And to see that, to see their passion and Last night was a little bit wild. It, it was, you know, we we built community and we were angry and then we went to sleep right here on this floor and in the morning we had a staffer come down and try and talk to us and we know that Feinstein is scared and that's because we're out here and I want to thank everybody so much for coming. We're about to have a band play. Shout out um, to our band, uh, Shaman, Shaman Colt. Um, and uh, so yeah, we're gonna put down our art and we're gonna hang out and hear this beautiful band. And that's gonna be it. So thank you everybody for coming. And please come tomorrow at 9 a.m. for um, so that we can show Feinstein even more power. Thank you. All right, everybody. Remember, stay a little. We're going to have some music. Let's vibe. This is the move. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having us. This uh, event looks super dope. We hope uh, Feinstein gets to hear this and uh, make some noise. You know, that's what we're here for. She, Where's she at? Where are you at? All right, Santa Monica, thank you. We try to make a cool little political set for you guys. So this is uh, some songs that mean uh, some political messages. So thank you so much. Ready?
Once again, we're Shaman Colt. We come all the way from Azusa. So, Santa Monica, thank you so much for having us.
Alright, so who heard about that uh, sewage spill? <laughs> hey, you made the boo! Girl with the, like a third nipple.
Alright, this song is called Sequoia. It's about the Sequoias. About having the most beautiful experience there. It's about the earth, Mother Earth, loving earth, taking care of the earth. Some of like the oldest living trees are there, so you know. Go visit the summer. Ready?